Hey Monies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Nicole Glover, author of The Conductors, a tale of magic and murder in post-Civil War Philadelphia that's out tomorrow, actually, so definitely check that out. Super excited to talk to her. Hey, Nicole. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> super excited to have you. I'm really excited to talk about The Conductors. When you reached out, you told me there's a magic system, but we'll get to that later because I'm... <laughs> Let's start with some Sailor Moon questions. So, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? I remember watching Sailor Moon by coming across it accidentally. It was I know it was the afternoon, like turned on the TV, and it it must have been the one of the flashbacks to the Moon Kingdom because it was it was all the, the princess gowns and all that other stuff, and I got really entranced by it because you know it was like really the fantasy, the magic of all that, and. And I, I think I've watched it, but I don't think I've kept watching consistently the rest of the day. The rest of the day. I didn't realize it was like a daily thing at the time. And I don't know, I think probably came across it another time later on. I know me and my younger sister were like, got really big into it. And we were watching it like daily and whatnot. I think it was definitely by the middle of probably the R season. Because I remember it, re- it restarted back from the beginning. Then I remember getting caught up to everything. And... I think after that, I remember. I know I can't remember exactly when, but I know it was for a few. For the first times I had watched it, it was when it was back before the S had gone S had come to the U.S. Because I remember being traumatized by that that recap episode <laughs> at the end of season two, because you know I've been hopeful, like you know I've been teased on something new. Then it just restarted, and I think two or three times I was got like you know I was just traumatized by it. Just I don't know for whatever odd reason for that, but what yeah. Was- what traumatized you not to re-traumatize you? Well, well not just more. It's more that the I kept thinking, oh, next the next day is going to be the new season, and uh, being disappointed. It's not that traumatized, being more disappointed and having that memory of being vis- visibly disappointed because I remember checking in the afternoon. I know, and at one point I realized it came on in the morning, too, and so I would just be checking on that because that's before you know, that's before like the end before I I really got on the internet, so I didn't like know these things, so. <laughs> Yeah, but, was, but I, was, I remember being really excited when the third season finally came to the U.S. I was like, now we're moving forward with the story. Oh, wow. Yeah, that um, can be really confusing. I think I like I watched it from the beginning through, um, but I remember I came across the DVDs and I, I bought it. And it ended up being um, S, actually. It ended up being uh-huh. S and I was watching it and it was like the uncut version. I was like, this is just different. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like my feeling ticks. I've been recently been watching it on Hulu. Mostly, mm-hmm. mostly, I've been meaning to for like ages because I knew it was been on Hulu forever. But I got scared at the end of last year when they said they're going to take it off. It's like, oh, I need to finally get this off my to do list. And right. and I've been watching it because I originally was going to watch it with the, with the sub, but I ended up watching it with the dub, English dub, for whatever odd reason. Because like, mostly because I was lazy because it was auto playing on Hulu. But anyway, it since it's like the the original version but with Eng- in English, it's like. I have a weird like I said it's familiar, but things are different, and it's like I can I can always tell with especially with the first two seasons that the things that were really different from what my memory was, and I think for some reason I remember particularly most vividly because of more recent I've ever seen recently when when Chibiusa comes for visit comes down in the first in this for her first time you see her in this in the second season, and it's so it's so different and. <laughs> Like the original, like the original, it was an original uncut version that was in the English dub, which 
I actually went looking for it on YouTube to see the original, the original dub of that version because it's just so different. And just I started laughing at how they really cut it out than what it was originally. Yeah, they yes. censored so much. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 it was a lot of stuff that was censored. I just realized some of the dialogue. They say a lot of like "go to hell" all the time in this stuff in this new version. That I didn't realize they did that <laughs> because they cut all that out. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. It was like just so many things, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 funny. Like there's like solid because I have a lot of vivid memories of watching the show, but like watching like the new version, like remember he makes sometimes questions like it questions my memories. Like there's a lot of things I really vividly remember, and things I don't. Like I just finished up the third season the other day, and I remember the first half of, the, of S, but the second half for whatever reason, <laughs> I just forgot all like other than like a few like. Cinematic, mo- cinematic moments of the of the second second half. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember any of it. So yeah, like... I know when I first watched it, it on Biz, it felt like watching like a completely different show because mm-hmm. there's like they do include scenes that weren't included in the like original dub. Like I said, the dialogue sometimes change, so it is a different experience watching it for sure. Like I completely get that. Yeah, um, that's fun too. It's like. It's something new, something different, especially if it's been a long time since I watched it, too. So it helps. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it helps you, like, kind of, it's, like, fresh almost, with, like, mm-hmm. even though it's, like, familiar. Hmm. Do you have a, since you've been watching it recently, do you have a favorite episode or a moment? Um, honestly, um, I know it's a new, not a new favorite, but I, I find myself really appreciating, like, liking the future Tokyo a bit more. And, and for some reason, I guess because it's more of the fantasy element. And I think I also really noticed with the watching it close together, so it's spread out, re- spread out weekly, like a, or uh, even previously, it's more of a, I saw it, was, it was more like a serial at the second, the latter half of, of the R was like really serial. Like they had stopped having the monster, monster of the day, so to speak, and more mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, you know, things are building up to more a single story, which I didn't realize when I was younger. And I actually liked that little bit. I found myself really liking that for some reason, which is funny. I never really, because I never before, I never really thought R was like one of my favorites. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I don't know I just, I, yeah, I don't know if there's any other particular moment, but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of fun seeing, uh, I guess, seeing like some of the new things that I that were missing and stuff. Because I always was really, always really fascinated by things that were changed between the, the Japanese and the, and the original English dub. Because mm-hmm. I, I know when I first really got on the internet, I spent all, no, all this time looking up all this stuff. That was fascinating. Like, when I found out. So, no, I didn't realize it was a Japanese cartoon when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I first got on the internet, I was like, oh, wait, this was originally in Japanese. And such and such was this. And this was this. And they and they spliced together episodes. And, you know, cut out scenes. And they cut out some episodes. And, like, you know, changed names. And, like, you know, I, I think I printed out a bunch of that all that stuff. Because I was, like, I was just, like, you know, just fascinated by it. Yep. And I think... I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it was always, and I, I remember tracking down, uh, and yeah, I remember t- somehow t- around after that, I remember tracking down like the, the comic books, the the manga, manga. Mm-hmm. And, and so I actually found of all places in the library first. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like I found one. It was second book. It was the second volume, mm-hmm. and I found in the library first. And I was like, I pointed out to my sister, "Wait, look, Sailor Moon's a comic book." <laughs> and which which you know, blew our minds. Yeah. And we were never seen the buy. I've actually bought a bunch of them as a kid, but I, I think I at some point I stopped because either I ran out of the money or lost interest or like I couldn't find them in the stores anymore because I ended up having to buy the rest of them 
I got I bought the rest of them in college off off of eBay. I spent a lot of time looking for the rest of them. Nice. Then and I actually really liked the I guess the, the manga version a lot. I guess because it's it's, a, it's such a different aesthetic than what the anime was. Yeah. And I like a lot of little things I liked better. I like you know the, the like I guess the I guess some of the designs are more intricate for like some of the costuming was interesting and I guess there's a lot I felt like there's a lot of story and and whatnot but yeah, I know I knew it was I, yeah I definitely and I, I know it's, it's but it's still it's still I was still one of those things I got to get used to different names because I remember like being like in, surprised like they, they named Zoggy the bunny and stuff which was cute the advice for translations I was, like I always like those little like kind of like the nods they would make in translation wise but but like some of the things, some of the things were like, you know, it's interesting how they changed it. Yeah, I always thought that was such a cute, like, nickname, mm. Bunny. <laughs> yeah, it makes it. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It was like a nice little nod. and Yeah, like Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I feel like every Sailor Moon fan at some point has, like, printed stuff out. Or, like, <laughs> has a connection to the library mm. somehow. I don't know how it always happens. Oh, but yeah, no, um, the internet and Sailor Moon go hand in hand for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a favorite Sailor Scout? Yeah, it's, I think definitely it was Mercury for some reason. I think it's, yeah, it's, I just like for different reasons. Some of it's like the, the colors of blue and, you know, being her being smart, which, you know, it's like, you know, I always felt like I was smart, you know, like stuff like that, using computers and everything like that. I think a lot of part of it is that, I got into astrology because of Sailor Moon. So, like, you know, my my star sign is Gemini, so Mercury is the ruling planet. So I think I kind of launched onto that part aspect of it. <laughs> Whether it was just, it was like an odd thing. But I know I, as I found, I re, as I revisit both the show, I think I found myself liking Jupiter a bit more. Ooh. Which I've always, I've always liked Jupiter. Mm-hmm. But I think it was, you know, it was like, it was, I always like the mix of like, you know, this, the badass person, even though you who goes around, you know, it's the fighter, but she's also like a cooker. She cooks, she, she gardens, she likes plants and flowers and all this other stuff. So it's like a always have always interesting character and like, you know, it's like the I guess the most fun one. I always felt like good, especially whenever she shows up in both like the show and in the comic, the things get more interesting because it's like another she likes to do like the balance between Ami and Ray of like a, with the Soggy's friends of like, you know, being outgoing but still like kind of smart on their side. So yeah, she really is like a perfect blend of like everything awesome. <laughs> Somehow, she's just like badass, and I'll make you cookies. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, it's yeah. basically that's what she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. I love your choices. Great choices. There are no wrong answers. So yes, there's <laughs> not. There's not. There really isn't. Um, and you also have your own book with a also a badass character. Um, got to make sure I get a name. Hetty Rhodes, who is a conductor yeah. on the Underground Railroad, so cool. Um, how did mm-hmm. you come up with this idea? Yeah, it's one of those ideas that is is a mixture of different ideas at the same time. Like the book was originally going to be like a historical fiction, like you know, it's based off of you know Underground Railroad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know it had an idea for I had for a while, and I was like, but it wasn't really going anywhere. Until I got an idea one day, let's add magic to the story because I know I like fantasy, 
and it just kind of clicks. I think the, the it just started the story just kept coming together. I think I had a better visual of the characters and the mystery elements with the murder aspect of it just kind of fell into place and I had the story and I just had to do some research and you know just but yeah like the kind of the characters were kind of the main characters heading in Benji were kind of were kind of mostly fully formed when. I first started writing the story, just like I got, it just got tweaked as I did the revisions and stuff like that, and just fleshing out the world. But yeah, it's like a, one of those ideas that just kind of came together like randomly, and this has really worked. Yeah. How do you describe what it's about to someone who hasn't heard of it? Yeah, it's it's basically it's it follows a pair of former underground railroad, railroad conductors who, once they settled in Philadelphia after the Civil War, decided to spend their time using the skills they've learned to solve murder mysteries and other magical oddities that occur in and around the community. And this book kind of follows the main murder of a close friend of theirs whose death causes uh, an array of like interesting issues within their, within their lives that the book kind of follows the aftermath of it as they kind of question, them, question themselves, question their friends, and question other people in the community about like what happens and seeing all these different effects from this death causes, causes. Nice. That sounds so interesting. I can't wait. Um, and then I remember you told me before that there's a magic system based on like astronomy that's inspired by Sailor Moon, like through like, you know, not exact, not like exactly inspired, but like your love for astronomy is inspired by Sailor Moon, which inspired this magic system. Um, how does it work? Tell me, tell me about it. All right, the magic system is based off the constellations. So the I, my view of, the, uh, of this is that they can draw the constellations, whether it's like drawing in the air with their fingers, drawing a piece of paper, or sewing it, or using it, or like hammering in with like a nail or something like that. Any, anything basically using paint and basically it's, it's based on the constellations and once and once they draw on that it's like they can decide what they want to do with whether they want to do a make a, a wind spell or like you know cast a light or do some intricate magic but it's all based off of constellations and my idea is they can use any kind of constellations heading for example uses like kind of different constellations whatever her moods whatever it needs to be simple or complex because the big drawback of the magic system is that it takes a while you have you have to draw it out and some like glow of light will have, will occur. So it's not like you can do it really quietly unless it's if, a lot of, a lot of time. So yeah, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun with me picking out the constellations to use. So sometimes there's like a lot of little like astronomy jokes with the, with the, with the constellations I picked and they're all, I always, whatever constellation I picked is for a reason. It's not just me like picking one out the hat. <laughs> so, so it's always, it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun for me also to visualize. These constellations coming to life in the yeah. in the world. Ah, oh, that sounds fun. Um, do you have a favorite constellation? Let's. I, I found. I don't know. I, I liked a, lot, a bunch of them. I guess. Uh, for some reason I like a lot of the ones that are animals, like a lot of the birds, particularly for some reason. Mm -hmm. Just the. I guess imagining them as like actual like actual bird shapes. That's so kind of fun. Like the there's the crow, the swan, the phoenix, and. There's a crane, there's a crane. Like, for some reason, I really, I found myself really fond of those. And now I also like, I mean, there's always the classics of like the, uh, like Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, and, all, and of course, all the different astrology, astrology associated ones. Mm -hmm. And cause it's, I know at one point when I was younger, I got really interested in looking at some of the myths. Cause I, like, I like everyone has always had the passing interest in like Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. And 
So I looked, I remember looking up a lot of the, the myths behind the, these constellations. Just, and some of them were interesting stories. Some of them were, were like, it was, a, it was kind of surprising how they picked out, picked them out from, from different mythologies and put them in there. But yeah. Do you remember any of these stories? I'm, I'm curious now. Like, I, I never thought to look up um, the history. I think I might have <laughs> yeah. looked up like maybe mm-hmm. one or two, but I don't. I'm trying to remember which ones I'd looked up before. I don't think I've ever looked up like the Big Dipper, but I'm pretty sure I looked up like Orion's Belt. I think because I was just like, "What is that? Like, what's going on?" There? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always interesting. Like, what ones? Which ones they picked? And kind of, I don't remember all of them. I just remember like some of them as being really odd, like how for the reasons the why they ended up in the in the constant skies, the sky anyway. But yeah, I think it's all, I guess with anything you pick up the story. And I guess I was also fascinated how people like figure out these shapes because a lot of times we just look at the the constellations and like you know just as it's just drawn out as like the the like the, the vertices and lines. You don't really you don't really see these things. You don't see like a a swan or a bear or like a scorpion or something like that. You just see, you just see stars collected, but yeah. it's just yeah. That's the thing, but you know, that's always fascinating. People how they use their imaginations to see these certain things. Yeah, it's definitely cool because I'm, I'm, it helps if you can like pick it out and be like, that's that. So mm. now I know where I am. Like that is so impressive mm. to me because I cannot look at the sky. Well, I mean, you can't <laughs> even see the stars anymore in most cities, but yeah. I cannot look at the sky and be like, that's what that is. Except for like maybe the North Star. Mm. So it's yeah. probably why it's always a big favor. So yeah, but like navigation by stars, like you mentioned, always that always fascinated me too. Like a, the idea that you know, like sailors and and whatnot, even or even as travelers just traveling across land, the ones they're using their knowledge of such a thing like that. Yeah, and like like the underground railroad people, who, mm-hmm. conductors, like in your book, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah, I like. Ooh, if you could pick any constellation to be a sailor scout, what would you pick? Mm. I mean, there's the obviously there's the, the obvious answers like the different astrology based ones like Virgo, for example. Is like you know, it's obviously like the person, like the Aquarius, all the different things. I can easily see. I think there actually was a comic that used the, I guess, kind of the, the astrology signs. I remember because it was like a it was a very Sailor Moon inspired one. Ooh. I remember I remember seeing a while ago. It was a zodiac force. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It's a comic book, and it's um, who did I find? Uh, yeah, I've actually been wanting to get them on the podcast eventually too. <laughs> <laughs> the Zodiac Star Force. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I can remember that's always a popular one. I guess anything that has like a a group like that. So there was a, there was another. Cause I remember there was another like a children's book series. I'm really blanking the name for this one, but it was like a it, it was basically a bunch of like a like some, some celestial based school and there's a bunch of girls with their names that were like versions of the astrology signs like they had they had like they had easy names like leona for leo and there's like things like piper for pisces and it was a book series it might have been a cartoon but i came across it randomly in the life like one of the library thing it just popped up on like a hoop on hoopla on the light thing like that the library system oh, like that I love hoopla, and yeah. <laughs> and I just remember seeing that, and it's like realizing they didn't really come out and say this based off astrology, but you know, you look at the names, look at the personality of the characters. It's like that's definitely based off astrology, <laughs> and there's there's lots of things like that, which you start you start to notice after a while when you're really into certain things. 
Yeah, I think F might have went over my head for a while. You know how long it took? It took me, I won't say how long, but it took me too long to realize that all the Sailor Scouts were named after planets. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together until like, it probably like a good year, but I was like, hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know what's going on here. Um, Yeah. I think we thought it was really cool that that their their planet, their astrology sign is based off, is related to their planet. Like, you know, they're like, I always, I guess those little factors I thought was really cool, like you know, like you know, Mars is which is an Aries, and mm-hmm. like and all this other stuff. It's like it's like you know, Saturn's a Capricorn. It's like that was kind of it's like a nice extra detail I really liked liked in there. Yeah, their pla- their um personalities match too to mm-hmm. what you know they say each astrology sign is like. I know Sailor Moon's a um Cancer, and they say they're very like mm-hmm. emotional, and she yes. like cries a lot. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, this this makes sense. This is yeah. cool. Yeah, I love that too. Like you said, like those little details that um, really add to the character. Do you have any other anime that you like? I know I watched a bunch of. I know I watched a bunch of the mainstream ones. I remember really liking Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. both the I guess the first one and the Brotherhood version. Nice. Okay. I know. I've, yeah, I know. I watched. Yeah, I remember watching a bunch of the, the stuff that was on the TV a lot, like Digimon, and. Oh, a bunch of like uh some other ones like a uh, to um, I remember watching Tenji Muyo oh, yeah. some cards. It was like and I've been confused by those different like different versions like different seasons or like different series at the time when I was a kid. Yeah. I know and and uh you know it was and I remember I was got into it in college. I was, I was watching some random ones like ones anyone that can find. It's like I remember watching Nana. Oh yeah, that yeah, was so good. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, I remember, and even going on to watching, like, the, the original, like, movies they made with live action eventually, because I really liked the, the premise of it, but it's, like, one of those things I found, like, randomly, like, you know, just looking for something interesting to look at, and I know I haven't really watched too much recently, but, yeah, a lot of the, like, yeah, I usually a lot of the mainstream, I've always, but I really didn't always do enjoy it whenever I do watch it, but there's just something, there's just something, like, fun with that, with, with anime, it's different than like regular cartoons. Since the more, I guess, the more, a lot of times they have more magic in them. In what yeah, are. that is true. That's yeah. one thing I've kind of been enjoying um, with American cartoons recently. They've been kind of adding a little more magic to their stuff, but I think you're right about that. There is definitely a like a something ma- magical, I guess, about anime. Um, um. Do you have anything else that you stand like in general? Just like could be anything. Oh, I mean, I got a. Well, I know, I know I'm currently into the, the Hades video game right now. Oh, I still need to play that. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I know it's surprising. I, I played the I played other video games by this company by Super Super Giant. Mm-hmm. Like the they they played previously. I always I like them. But it was like never like oh there's their I enjoyed my time playing them but you know I finish it I'll leave it I'll leave it to rest but this Hades game I put in so ridiculous ridiculous amount of hours in this game and I'm still like finding stuff it's like for me I'm, because I my day job is a UX researcher and I like kind of the designs and like how to make things usable like for apps like in websites and for me I'm just looking I'm looking at this as a really well designed game. From every level, from like craft level of storytelling, of engaging characters, of even like the level design of the of the of the of the game, because it's a rogue rogue like. Basically, you end up playing 
a series of you, keep, you play in a loop in the sense that you play these you play through the game over and over again but you find like a the, the story happens between like runs of like game playing and what i really enjoy about it the game does it, the game rewards you for being bad at the game but you can die you can lose and you still you, you still keep your experience you, you you build off of that experience so being bad at this game is actually kind of good which it's fascinating to me that is fascinating to me too i'm I'll, first i've been thinking about playing this game for a while because i have a switch and i've been i need to find a new game i just finished one yeah and uh um yeah i'm i can be bad at games because mm-hmm. <laughs> like i just get so frustrated and mm-hmm. i get lost easily yeah. and like you know it's a there's a learning curve yeah and so that is very interesting to me because i'm mm. like i like to be rewarded and i can be bad at games so yeah that they, they that. <laughs> yeah they even have like a at one point you get like a a defense buff that gives you the, i guess basically it's not like an easy mode but it makes things easier for you if you want to enjoy more of the story Ooh, that, that, that helps out yeah it's, it's little things that you kind of help out help you out with and yeah it's just fun it's like it's it's well like whatever you pay for it's like well worth it because like you, you end up playing it all the time. Like there's a bunch of the games I still have my, on my list to play. Like I want to play the the, the Miles Morales Spider game, Spider Man game, but I haven't bought that yet because I'm still playing Hades over and over again. And I know if I get it now, it's gonna just collect dust. So it's like I'm trying to get. Yeah, it's it's just that it's that well crafted. It's like it just and it's like it's very yeah. It's just it's just really well done. It's like it's like I haven't really seen a game this well done in such a long time. And it's of everything you heard about like. It's like all the buzz, all the hype is real for this game. Okay, well that's that might have made my decision because I was thinking about Miles Morales too, but I really I realized I, I play more games with my Switch because I think just because I can be anywhere with it and, and kind of just like rather than having to be like in the living room to play. Mm. So, but so I've been kind of debating between um, either Hades, Miles Morales, or um, Sword and Shield, the Pokemon game. Mm. Yeah. So I think I might I might lean towards Hades because I really like that because I just finished um this game called Paradise Killer and I did enjoy it a lot but I like you talk about the is it um like the usability of it the game like it wasn't always intuitive and like mm-hmm. I don't like thinking too much when I play a game I'm like tell me where to go <laughs> tell me how to yeah. get there <laughs> like mm. I don't, I don't want to figure out, have to figure out too much. Like the map wasn't great, but it was yeah. a fun game. It was a really fun game. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. That's always a big thing with certain games. Like, I think I've tried playing Witcher 3, but mostly when the, when, the, when the show had dropped, I was like, no, I was going to play the video game and see what it's about. Yeah. And I ended up quitting in it because I kept dying because I couldn't draw the sword out, sword out in time. Like I kept hitting the wrong thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm um, getting these fights. And for some reason, there was some section, like, I guess because I played all these, like, games where, you know, you, you bust into these, like, villagers' homes and you break their pots to get, like, you know, <laughs> healing stuff and coins. And I did that in The Witcher 3. And somebody came and beat me up. <laughs> oh, my god! Yeah, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to break these chests to get this thing because I'm used to this. And yeah. I'm not supposed to do that. In, I wasn't supposed to do that in this particular house. So I got beat up really bad. I'm like, no, I guess I'm not going to play this game. <laughs> That's hilarious. That always, like, I always find that so funny in Pokemon, because you can go in, like, to people's houses and, like, search their bookshelves, and you'd be like, you found a potion. And I'm like, no, you just stole a potion. Like, like, yeah, right. <laughs> you did not find this. But yeah, that's funny, though. I've never seen a game where 
the people actually retaliate. But I guess it was just that one house, like you said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is. I don't know if it was more than that because I think I quit long, long after that. But I just was like this surprise because you know I'm just I'm just used to like you know being a nosy neighbor and going right. out and getting in these all these games. Yeah, that sounds fun though. I think I I think you convinced me to get Hades next because. Um, I do need a new game. It's been like two weeks, and I'm like, I want to play a new game. <laughs> yeah, there's always I always get this feeling after when I finish something. I want it's time to move on to something different and have fun. Even though even if it takes me a while to play certain games, mm-hmm. but you know, just having something new to work on and to work towards is like some satisfaction in that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I um I was procrastinating a lot last year because mm-hmm. I was halfway through Max Payne and um or almost done with Max Payne and almost done with um Pokemon X. And I just stopped playing for a while, and I finally finished both. And I told myself I wasn't going to buy a new game until I finished those. Yeah. Mm. So I finally finished them, like, in December. And I was like, okay, now I can get a new game. And then I got Paradise Killer, and I'm like, all right, I beat that. Now I can get a new game. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. stay on a roll. Do this. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely have no shame now. I like, know what I, I like. I'm like, yep, I want something easy and fun. And just, mm. like, reward me for being bad. <laughs> yeah and this game too is also it's pretty it's also good like if you don't have if you don't have a lot of time to play like you know like half a day to play a game because you can do you can break it up by different runs of these games i think at most i think a whole thing is like a maybe 30 minutes or so and there's like different worlds you can kind of break it up easily so oh, okay. i it's also good too like there's a lot of times i'll like pause like so to speak pause in a mobile run like because you can they can let you save between rooms and stuff oh cool okay it's always important to me because I, because I found I started I started playing some older games. Oh yeah. I, I, I was able to get some of the older like Final Fantasy games, for example, mm-hmm. and I wasn't prepared for like how far apart the save points were. Yeah. <laughs> I got spoiled <laughs> with more modern games being like, oh, you go five steps, there's another save point, or you can save it through the menu. And yeah, I was prepared with the older games being like, you gotta walk for like an hour. <laughs> to get to the same point yeah um it is definitely i got very spoiled also because it's like auto save even now mm-hmm. and i'm just like i can't just turn this off whenever i want to stop playing i can't just like find the <laughs> save point like in five minutes mm-hmm. right yeah i think i gave up on sonic because of that i had it for the um oh for the uh oh blanking right now sega saturn is that it mm-hmm. They're like one of the, the original. Sounds, I'm like sounds like like you know. I think so. Um and yeah, it just like you couldn't save and like if you died, like you lost everything. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, bring bring back Mario World. At least I could save every mm. every game. <laughs> every uh, what you call it. Yeah, we're just, we're just spoiled. Yeah, we're just spoiled all this modern stuff. Just saving whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, no. Even like the game I just played, Paradise Killer, it it had save points, and it kept telling you like this game does not auto save. You need to use the save points, and I was like, what? <laughs> but luckily, they were like usually easy to find. I think there was only mm-hmm. one time I was so tired, I was so ready to go to sleep, and I just like I just need a save point. Where is it? I couldn't find one for like ten minutes, and then finally saved it and went to sleep. Yeah, it's, I know there's games like that. I've gotten moments like that when I'm like, I'm ready. It's like, you know, it's pushed on a little bit further and not thinking it's going to be close to fine. It's never like that. Nope. I, 
you're going to start weighing that you want to just like redo everything, especially when you like accumulate a bunch of like experience points or like things, random stuff. Like, right. is it worth it to shut it down? Because I'm just, I don't want to stay up forever looking for something like this. That too. It's, it's a struggle. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you, since now you have finished your own book, um, what advice would you have for someone who either wants to write a book or create like their own magic system? Okay, let's take the easier question. I'll start with the easier question first, which is creating your own magic system. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it's like, it's for, for example, there's different ways to create a magic system. Some people like having like a hard system where there's like very defined rules, kind of like a more like a more of a scientific approach to it. But and there's also like there's the other end of it's like a soft magic system, which basically is like some people boil it down to being like wave your hand and magic happens. Sometimes it's just finding like what's the happy medium, what works for you, what interests you, how you like to see magic. Do you like some big flashy dramatic magic? Do you like the quiet stuff? Do you like seeing it more grounded in realism, like you know, just using like making potions and herbs, like something that's more real? Mm-hmm. Or do you like the the esoteric, you know, uh, made up words or like symbols and whatnot, or or even like doing it, or even like grounding it with like with like you know gemstones or like. I don't know, like anything, or books and wands and all this other stuff. Just figuring out what you like, which how you like to see magic, and kind of from there decide like what do you want the magic to do? Do you want the magic to kind of affect just the physical world? Do you want it just to be kind of like el- like elemental magic, for example, that can only really affect like what's physically here, or do you like the idea of like illusions or mental stuff? And and kind of just figuring out which the limitations you want, to, how far you want to push the magic, and how. And how much do you want to keep it? How much do you want to keep it from being like a world-breaking kind of level? Because it's anything you can can go overboard with certain things that kind of break how you want your world to work, and and also kind of to see how it works with the scope of your story. Like if you have like this big epic fantasy, it's probably not a good thing to have like your magic be all this little tiny little stuff, unless it's like that's the point, you know? Like tiny magic kind of saves the world, and. But on the other hand, if you're having like this like kind of cozy kitchen, like farm farmhouse story, and you have this like big dramatic magic, you know, it might not, it might be too much for the story, you know, unless again, of course, it's that, that's the point of having this like big times world, world powerful sorcerer, like hiding away in this cabin in the woods somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, there's also, and, and the other things, you know, that kind of keeping a list of like what rules your magic has, like, and deciding if you want to have like a punishment or like a limp or some kind of magic cost, like whether it's like a physical draining to like a yeah, the collection of ingredients and whatnot and just kind of figure out how it works in the world and how it fits with their themes you want how you want to build the world to be. So that's kind of my rough list of like ideas for how to make your magic system. You know, I never thought of the different ways you can show magic until mm. you just said it. <laughs> I was just like, you do have like your big flashy and your like mm. small, like quiet, like mm. twiddle my fingers. And then you have like the potions and the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> and and the more difficult question of mm-hmm. writing a, a novel. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there's, 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 I mean, there's lots of resources out there you could probably tell you, but I think, I, I guess the gist of things is finding something you like to write, something you want to, you can find yourself wanting to write for hours and hours on end. And, you know, write, I mean, like, write mostly for yourself. Things, write, write things that interest you, things you want to say, 
write things you want to say as things you really want to share with other people in a sense and i don't know just i i won't give like the the pliffy comments of you know writing every day or like you're writing x amount of words per day because everyone has everyone's lives are different and it's it's hard like if it's it makes feeling saying you have to write every day writing writing x amount of words every day feels like a, you have to force yourself to something that might not fit your life but basically if you want to if you want to write write the book write 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 story write short stories and all everything in between and it's just make some time for writing in your life and i don't know just always seek out to seek out new, i guess seek out uh the ways to improve yourself, whether it's just reading, whether it's talking to people, uh, taking lectures and whatnot. And I don't know, and then just at the end of the day, you still have to get down, write the words and, and also know that, um, that the hardest, actually the hardest part is all is every part of it <laughs> for different people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the, the making the first draft and just getting the ideas out. Sometimes it's the revision part and sometimes it's getting feedback. And I mean, if it doesn't, and sometimes it gets easier. Some parts gets easier. Sometimes it's it's easy to adapt to it. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just I just find it's just and also just try to. I guess also the other advice with, with writing a book is still try to remember why you started writing in the first place. Because I know there are some parts when I get into the story, usually like in the the latter third, I'm like, why am I writing this? <laughs> like, why did I spend all this time writing this? And I don't know. Sometimes it's it's helpful to kind of remember and take a step back and thinking like why I started writing in the first place, and why I keep coming back to certain stories and certain characters and everything. Mm. I think that's great advice. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and then just like Sarah Moon had, Sarah Moon says phrase at the end of every episode. What would your phrase be? So Sailor Nicole says. Sailor. Sailor Nicole says to uh, never be afraid to like raise your voice and speak out. I think that's one of the things I've learned, especially in this past year, is to to take the time to speak out the things that bother bothers me, things I want to. I always try to keep away, keep to my chest, and it's just as now it's, I take and make an effort to say speak out loud and tell people this such 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 is bothering me, or I think this should be this way, and just don't keep things quiet to myself anymore. Yeah. So my advice is, you know, raise your voice, speak out. Yeah, that is super important. I think everyone could, most a lot of, yeah, I can learn. I could do, do that more. <laughs> so I completely agree. Yeah, it's one of those things I'm still, it's, I'm still working on. I guess for me, in some ways, I'm like, I'd like to avoid conflict as much as possible. But sometimes it's not that good. It's not good to do that. <laughs> Yeah, and can be the same way, and you know sometimes it's it's worth. I mean, sometimes it's worth it, or sometimes it's right mm -hmm. or better to you know tell people how you feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what is next for you? We have a book coming out tomorrow, but what's next for you? Where can people find you? Well, let's let's see. What's next for me is actually the second book. I have one mm -hmm. currently scheduled for November this year coming out. I had. Fairly recently, just turned the book in, so I'm getting ready to all the fun stuff getting prepped up for that. So it's it's, it's exciting the these two books in, in the year. So congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a a lot. Of, it was a lot of interesting and fun fun work at the same time. And one benefit of doing it so close together is that it's so all the things are so fresh in my mind. So I could 
a lot of, actually a lot of things that was cut from the first book made it into the second book so oh nice oh so this is a like sequel or is yeah direct a sequel? sequel it's a direct mm-hmm. sequel so like basically another adventure with them another oh, mystery oh, yeah. i love it mm-hmm. i love it i love mysteries like yes. if i had to make like magic mysteries mm-hmm. black people <laughs> <laughs> It just it has everything I like, so I'm really, I'm really, I'm excited to read it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I've you can visit me at my website nicole-glover.com. I'm also on Twitter. It's basically my last name, Nicole Glover, but instead of the V, it's a it's a W for my Twitter handle because I'm weird and it's easier it's easier to slip and make little spelling mistakes like that. Well, <laughs> oh not really like because it's glowing. Yeah. Yes, it's glow yeah, it's glowing or it's it could be either glowing or you know, glower as in glaring at people. So it works mm-hmm. either way. It does work either way. Love it. Cool. So if anyone wants to find you they can go there. Um and then I am Victoria L. Johnson of course. Thank you guys for listening to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. You can find me at Miss Old School on Instagram and Twitter. That's Old School with a K. Or you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch at Mooney'sClub.com if you're interested in any Sailor Moon inspired merchandise. Thanks, Nicole, for coming on the show. It's great. It was great fun. Yeah. It was fun talking about Sailor Moon and like amazing things. <laughs> <laughs>